You know, one of the things the solar eclipse, remember that, reminded us is people will travel to have unique experiences, see things, and be part of events. We all saw how people congregated in areas that had the best view, the best safe view. And they all had to stay somewhere, and many used Airbnb. I want to share something with you I was once told. One of the wisest things you can do when you host an Airbnb is find events in your area and let people in that community know that your place is available for out-of-towners. Many did this with the Eclipse. You can do this as well. Your home could be an Airbnb. Seriously. It doesn't have to be your whole place. I mean, it could be. You'd be surprised what people are looking for when they travel. It's simple and it's really, really smart. You might want to think about it. You could be sitting on a whole new revenue stream. Concerts, sporting events, conferences. People are always on the move. Your home may be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host. Taking it as I got bad Stanley Cup habits. I got to work on mine. Hey, welcome once again to the podcast, 32 Thoughts. Uh, yours truly, Jeff Merrick, alongside Elliot Friedman and our Stanley Cup habits here. As we present part two of our season preview, we did the East, now we'll do the West. But before we do that, Elliot, more ways to have your say. Uh, we now have an email address for each, 32thoughts at sportsnet.ca. Uh, your observations, your questions, your takes, your insults, your ideas, your praise of me saying things like, trying to squeeze jello or talking about yellow laces or things that just annoy Elliot in general, <laughs> please use the email liberally, 32thoughts at sportsnet.ca. And we'll try to read a few on every podcast. No essays. No essays, I'm being told. <laughs> yes, we don't, want, we don't want university dissertations. Short, sweet, succinct, and to the point. Use it, 32thoughts at sportsnet.ca. Uh, we'll read them, and as Elliot says, we will endeavor to answer as many as we can, or at least get to them. doesn't always have to be a question. Let's get to the Western Conference here, season preview. Looking forward to this season. Just looking forward to getting back to normalcy. We'll start in the Pacific with the Anaheim Ducks. Some would look at this team and would say, well, maybe the only exciting thing that's going to happen this year is if Trevor Zegras wins the Calder Trophy. What do you say about the Anaheim Ducks this season for each? One of the things I ask is, what's a successful season for Anaheim? Kids get better. The kids get better. Kids get better. That's it. So that's your Max Comtois. That's your Joneses, your Lundestroms, your Steels, those guys, Seagrass, Drysdale. They better? Good. It seems like that's all the team wants right now because they didn't do anything in the, in the offseason to give this team a jolt. And also take a look at it. They've got Raquel unsigned. Mm-hmm. They've got Lindholm unsigned. They've got Manson unsigned. So we talked earlier about, you know, Detroit. Just keep adding to what you've got, right? Yep. Buy more lottery tickets. Get more high-level picks or prospects. Anaheim's got to be thinking about that. Like, here we are. Zabenejad signed. No uncertainty. Barkov signed. No uncertainty. Those guys aren't on the same level, but they're good players. Mm -hmm. And there's uncertainty here. And I have to think if you're Anaheim, you're saying to yourself, look, if we don't think they're reasonable on this, we know you've been good ducks, but does it really make sense for us? And the ducks then would go to the flames. 
we talked about the players that came in and they fit the Sutter mold, etc. A couple of surprises coming out of camp. One of them, Oliver Shillington. Let's get that story out of the way before we talk about the Flames themselves. I don't know if this guy would have cleared waivers. To be blunt, I don't think the Calgary Flames thought so either. And this guy just flat out earned a spot in training camp. I'm curious to see if he's going to play the first game, though. For me, there's a difference between saying a guy has earned his spot and putting him in there. Because if you're putting him in there, you're taking out somebody that you probably signed in the offseason mm-hmm. or you're really counting on. And that's not always easy for a team to do. So to me, right away, that's a big question. What do we got here? I think this division is totally wide open. I think it's Vegas, and then I think it's the three Western Canadian teams have a chance to make the playoffs. And I'm really wondering what Seattle does and where L.A. gets to. Like, those are my questions here, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Calgary is going to play to win games 3-2. to two. It's funny. Like, we said in the last podcast that I don't know how much they're going to score, a couple people around the league who kind of disputed that with me. They say they can score. To me, I think Monaghan is such an important player for them. Like, can he get back to who he was? And you know who the other guy I think is is really important for them this year is Hannafin. I thought that was a guy who had, took a real step last year before he got hurt. I think he's a huge player for them this year. Does he keep moving in that direction? couple of the stories we're going to follow with this team off the ice. Uh, Matthew Kachuk's contract and Andrew Mangiapane's contract as well. Well, they're both RFAs, so you can see this at the end of the year. So Goodrow's a UFA. There could be a lot that, that happens here. I think Markstrom's going to have a huge year, but they need to get some wins from Vladar or who's ever backing him up. Like That, to me, is critical for them. The other team in Alberta has brought in players like Zach Hyman and Warren Fogle, and Duncan Keith, and Cody Ceci. The goalies remain the same. They're deeper up front. Dave Tippett has two Ferraris to drive, and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Where are you at on Edmonton? Because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm high on them in this division, like real high. Well, first of all, I, I'm happy that the season's finally going to start so we can end all this. Like the off-season debate around them, I'm just like... Please drop the puck so we can see where all the... I'm tired of all the off-season arguments. I just want to see what happens during the season. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing last year is Mike Smith, he was a Hart Trophy candidate for a bunch of the season. Like, he wasn't going to win it, but he was playing at that level. Like, to me, the biggest thing is, and I, I think that guy is really competitive, and I think he really cares, but that's a big one to me. Is Mike Smith going to be back... At that level, to me, that's important. I, you know, people have said to me that, you know, Koskinen looks really good. I'm like, that one, I'm, I'll wait to see it. But I think Smith is so important to them, and I think the way he plays is going to be critical for this team. And it's, it's not easy to bet every year on a 40 year old goalie. It's a real gamble. But I think I've learned over the years: don't dismiss the guy. You need him. I just look at the depth. You know, do they get depth scoring? Do they get good enough defense? I don't sound as high on them as you are. I think they have nuclear weapons, but I just look at Smith and I I think so much is depending on how close he is to that level he played at last year. And he was outstanding. 
You see, I look at the two Alberta teams and I say one wants to play a three to two game, the other wants to play a six to five game. Mm-hmm. Like these two teams stylistically are diametrically opposed. I, ironically enough, since you know Dave Tippett has always been a defense first type coach in Edmonton, and here he is with Connor McDavid, who what is it, 130 points he'll get this year. You got to coach what you have, right? Don't bend. And that, and that's just like here. Like, uh, Don't be, make them bend to you. You got to bend to them. We'll, we'll get to this in Winnipeg, but I look at Edmonton and I say, this is a team. And I mentioned this with the Maple Leafs in the last podcast. I think they think that they can score themselves out of problems and they're deeper and they can probably do it now more so than they've ever been able to before. We're going to find out. But the thing, but I don't think you can win the playoffs that way. Yeah, I think you can make the playoffs that way. Yeah. I don't think you can win in the playoffs that way. Los Angeles Kings. We've talked a lot about the rebuild is over. Don't talk about the rebuild. That's why we got to know. That's why we got Victor Arvidsson. Uh, we're taking a step. We're not looking at lotteries anymore. Uh, the Quinton Byfield injury complicates things. Yeah. I, I, I was very sorry to see that. We all were with the ankle injury. To me, the Kings, they want to do the rebuild, but I almost get the sense they're like, okay, we got to start winning some games. I think there's some organizational pressure in like, okay, we got to start doing something here. The GM's in the last year of his contract. The coach is making a big ticket. They got players making a big ticket. You're trying to bring fans back in. As you mentioned, you lose Byfield. Like, here's my question, Jeff. How many of the kids are going to play? You've just added Deneau. You've just added Arvidsson. You know, that says to me you want to win. Well, is Velarde going to play? Is Kaliev going to play? Turcotte going to play? Are these kids going to play? Kapari, is he going to play? Yeah, like th- that's what I'm wondering at here. At some point in time, the kids have to be given the shot, right? And I understand that it, it, everything has to be earned, and I do respect that. But I also think there's something to be said for okay, we've kind of said that this is where we're going and this is our plan. I, I kind of get the sense that the organization's saying, yeah, about that plan, we've got to start winning some games. But don't you get the feeling, you talk to many people that follow this uh, a lot closer than we do as far as prospect pools go. LA's got one of the deepest. Like I would look at the situation, I'd say to myself, okay, I'm the Los Angeles Kings. To your point, yeah, we want to win games. You know, Doughty and uh, Kopitar both, you know, expressed that, you know, they're not interested in a prolonged rebuild here. Not that you can ever have enough prospects or enough good players in the pipeline for your organization, but if any organization does, it's kind of the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah, but at some point in time, you have to stop saying these aren't prospects, these are players. Yep, and I think it's going to be a season of blending them all in. Don't you get that sense? I don't know. Like, Kaliev was scoring, and he kind of got sent down, and then he came back up, and I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm saying, okay, what exactly are we looking at here? Like, that's why I want to see, like, what do they go with, and who really plays? Kaliev, for those that have never seen him before, has a dynamite shot. He's real. He's a really nice player i watch him tons in the uh, the ohl and this guy has always had an nhl shot going back to when he played junior away from the la kings go to the san jose sharks and the evander kane situation we can park we've been through it a number of different times well the only thing we can just really say is that bugner was asked on sunday what's the situation he says i don't really know i don't think he's starting the season with them but again you know we just we don't know so that's kind of where we are I think the one that's going to hang over them, in addition to that, is going to be Hurdle. 
last year of his contract, and if anyone on that roster is going to fetch you a ransom at trade deadline, it's that guy. You, it's not only that, it's just that, you know, the longer this goes, I think more people are starting to wonder if he wants to stay there. And you know him, like we've dealt with him now. He's the friendliest guy in the world. Yeah. He said, look. So there will be nine years, you know, it's like I I don't know anything else than I know sharks, you know, I it's for sure a lot of change, you know, from when I started, you know, the core, you know, is just me, Kuj, Bernzier and Vlasic. You know, all it's all all change. You know, you got new guys and and change, but it's I I just love it. You know, you got like a lot of friends outside hockey. I got house. You know, my and it's uh, you love it there. But same time, you are thinking, you know, like even if you go different team, you guarantee you will play playoff and there. But like you for sure looking for win the games. You know, and and the last two years was tough, but even that I want. I believe in this team and we can still change it, but like my mind still is open and and for this year I just looking forward play my best hockey I ever play and and after that we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know what sharks have you know, how long they wanna me be there or what is idea, what a contract wanna offer me, we'll see in maybe a couple of weeks if I talk with Doc or what will happen, but but for now I'm still shark. But I think people are just kind of starting to wonder here, Kay, is is this a guy who wants to go somewhere else? I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But you're right. The longer he doesn't sign an extension, the more we're going to ask the question. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting year there. I mean, you know, Eklund showed a lot of promise. He had a great camp. He looked really good in camp. You know, if they like Ferraro a lot. That's one thing that San Jose is trying to do is breathe some new young life into their team. And I got to tell you, I think that that's going to be important this year is adding to that. As you talked about with Hurdle, if they don't think he's going to stay, it's adding those pieces. Now, I'll tell you this. I know that um, I know that they asked a lot of like Carlson and in the offseason and Vlasic in the offseason to you know come ready and i and i heard they were very happy with you know both those guys and what they showed so maybe that helps i have no idea what to expect here there's obviously a lot swirling around them and 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 we'll see where it goes seattle where everybody is new and i don't know that anybody knows what to expect out of seattle other than we suspect that they'll be able to defend well yep and they'll have good goaltending after that, we're looking at Jared McCann and saying, is there a William Carlson-esque first-year Vegas performance in him? Mm-hmm. Can there be some magic with Jordan Eberle and Jaden Schwartz? Um, is this a situation where... Donskoy is another one I look at there. See, I look at Donskoy, and I, I always say about Donskoy, when he's hot, he is pistol hot, but when he is cold... I mean, we've seen the opposite end of the spectrum from Donskoy as well. But I, I, but I'm, I'm basically with you on Donskoy. You know, is this going to be a situation where Venberg finds himself in a spot where he can finally excel? Like, I got nothing but questions about up front and who's going to do all the goal scoring here. Not unlike, you know, a lot of the questions, the same questions that we had about the Vegas Golden Knights. There's an opportunity to make the playoffs here. I like their goaltending. Like, they're, they're going to have. They're going to have a good goalie in net every night, as long as both these guys stay healthy. Yeah. And I agree with you on defense. Here's my question on defense. 
If they don't re-sign Mark Giordano and the trade deadline approaches, what do they do? I think if you're in the race, you got to keep them, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if they're in the race, why can't they re-sign Giordano? Oh, I'm not saying they can't at all. I'm just saying like, if it gets to that point where there's still not a new contract for Mark Giordano with Seattle and it's trade deadline and it's okay, like that's a pressure point situation. I think they're going to be in the race. To me, I really see it's going to be Vegas. It's going to be the three Canadian teams. It's going to be Seattle. And the true wild card to me is LA. Vancouver Canucks. Boy, there's a lot here. Um, before we get to Travis Hammond, give me your thoughts on the Oli Yolevi deal. Because this one... Well, the kid wanted to go and it was time. No, I know. I know. And like everyone, everyone for years now has had their takes on Oli Yolevi. Uh, Yuho Lamico and Noah Jolson go the other way. Just so we have the, the full specs in the trade out there. Uh, Oli Yolevi, no, long, no longer a Canuck. When he had that picture on the... Oh, in the corner? On the corner. Oh, yeah. Someone texted me and said, it's over. They said to me, this guy's going to have to score 46 goals in the preseason <laughs> yeah. to have a chance of staying here. And I think it's going to be interesting there. So on the left side, they're going to have Hughes. They're going to have Ekman Larson. And it looks like they're going to have Rathbone. Like, what did my favorite player Rathbone do? Like, who did he upset that he had to play seven preseason games for them. <laughs> and one of the reasons I wondered if Ewell Levy would, would make the team is because, you know, he's a lefty shot and he's a bit different than those other three guys, right? Mm -hmm. But it just didn't happen. Like, it was basically over that day. You know, he's gone now. And the, the thing about Hamannick is I can't get a straight answer on what's going on. It's not the kind of thing you can guess and, and be wrong about. So I'm not going to guess and be wrong about. I'm with you. Like when it comes to Hammonick, I don't know what to say because we just don't know. Like no one has said anything about what this situation is. Like a lot of people are obviously speculating on the vaccination situation. That's never been confirmed. Teams never come out and said it. Hammonick's never come out and said it. You know, we've seen Travis Hamannick when he was with the Islanders and how he had a, you know, desire to go elsewhere based on a family situation. And I don't know. I look at this and I say, I don't have enough information to form an opinion and not everyone's got to have a take on everything. And this is one of those for me. I don't know. I love Demko. I think he's going to have a big year for them. I think they need Halak to be good. You need your backup to be good in the Western Conference, particularly the way they travel. I think this is a team that's going to have no problem scoring goals. How do they defend? That's the question to me. How do they defend? All right. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned defending because one of the players I'm most interested about this year with the Vegas Golden Knights is a defenseman, six foot six, 225 pounds of Nick Hague who looks to me like he's ready to come into his own. Now he's got some players ahead of him, but that's one of the questions that I have for Vegas. Um, as we talk about, you know, younger kids finding a spot, like what do we just, what the conversation we just have about the Los Angeles Kings revolve around? How are you going to blend in kids? How are you going to blend in younger players? I mean, they traded glass. They traded Brandstrom. Like they traded Suzuki. Their first three first rounders. Yeah. This team is sort of kids be damned. We're winning the cup now. With one exception. Uh, Peyton Krebs. 
And Nolan Patrick. And Nolan Patrick, who they bring in from the Philadelphia Flyers. More on him in a second. But I'm really curious to see about Nick Hague and see what spot, because this guy's ready for it, what spot he takes this season and where he ends up by the end of the year. We've talked about Vegas being the class of this division. Yep. I think I'm with you on uh, on that one. Although, if things break the right way, I could also see Edmonton winning the division. But your thoughts on Vegas as constructed right now? I think they're a really good team. You know, last week when Leonard was was doing what he did on social media, I think there were some people really concerned about him, just making sure this didn't mean that he was in a bad place. I don't think that's the case. I, I, I think a lot of... Like, I was just glad to hear that. I, I was glad to hear that it didn't mean he was in a bad spot. And, you know, I because I, I think, you know, he's obviously now, they've given him the job. He's the number one guy. And, you know, I, I think he's very important for them. You know, they still have Tuck coming back at some point. Extra rest for that guy, I don't necessarily think is a bad thing the way he plays. Again, I, I think we all sit here and wonder, what are they going to do down the middle? You know, I think that Buffalo has said, unless Krebs is in the deal, we're not really interested in doing this. And besides, I'm not really sure how they could do it right now. But I just think Vegas is, like, they're a threat. They're a Stanley Cup champion contender. Mm-hmm. I think Petrangelo was dynamite last year. I heard he looked, I heard he looks fantastic again this year. And, you know, you talk about young guys. Like, one guy I'm curious to see there, if he gets much power play time, is Dylan Coughlin. And he's a depth defenseman on this team, but I've had some people tell me they really like him as a player, and he's a guy on Vegas's lineup they, they don't think get credit for what kind of season or what kind of little piece he could be for them. I like them a lot. From that, uh, from there rather, we go to the Central. And the last division we cover in our season preview, we'll start off with the Everything Must Go Arizona Coyotes. Sometimes teams come up with clever terms for their rebuild. David Poyle most recently called Nashville, uh, what did he call it? A competitive rebuild, which I thought was a nice little bit of wordsmithing uh, on behalf of the uh, Nashville general manager. Listen, Arizona just being honest about it. Look, I mean, we all know what Arizona is doing here. They're rebuilding. The thing about them that's interesting is that you look at Detroit, you look at Buffalo, a lot of their key young players are there in the NHL, right? Or they're starting to make their NHL debuts. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys don't have that. They're just starting to get into the place where they're going to say, we're going to start drafting some of these players. Like their best young players, Chickren's, he's 23 already. Keller, it seems like he's been around for a thousand years. He's, he's 23 as it is. Like those guys aren't rookies breaking in. Like the only guy you look at and say he's a rookie breaking in who you hope will be a huge part of your team is, is Soderstrom. But other than that, they don't have those guys yet. Their guys are a little bit older. So I see Arizona as, I mean, look at their team. Look at all their UFAs this year. Kessel, Erickson, Jaskin, Roussel, Beagle, Larson, Zingle, O'Brien, Galchenyuk, Boyd, Strallman, Labushkin, Carter Hutton. Like to me, this is all about okay, how are we going out and flipping these guys for more? And, you know, it's a tough situation to be in because 
you're sitting there and you're like, okay, we're rebuilding, but we don't have the real pieces yet that you, not that you shouldn't be excited about Chikrin, but like the real young guys that you're going to be excited about yet. I think that's a tough place to be in. Well, what they're doing, obviously, is giving themselves the best chance to grab either Shane Wright of the Kingston Frontenacs or Connor Bedard a couple of years from now of the Regina Pats. Like those are the guys you get super excited about. And it's probably the right play, or it's definitely the right play. You know, the one thing this year with them that they're, it's, I don't know how much their players are going to worry about it, but it's just going to be a story is, what's the future there? The rink? Like as it stands right now, they're not in that rink next year. So where are they? The long-term play seems to be Tempe. Yes, but you got to get that all sorted out, right? Yeah, that's not going to happen next year. Right. So what's the interim play? I, th- I don't know if that's a top level story that we're all going to be watching, but it's going to be around at some point in time that becomes a thing. Mentioned on the last podcast that I spoke with Rick Tockett on the radio show last week. And one of the things that he said was like, oh yeah, they're going to move Phil Kessel. And here's some of the coach Phil Kessel, not just with Arizona, but with Pittsburgh as well. Of course they're going to. And they're going to move him. Like this, this is one of the most obvious plays in the world but he's a guy that you pencil in for 30 goals every year still 34 years of age pencil him in 30 goals come trade deadline that's pretty valuable Mm -hmm. from arizona to chicago and there's some big moves we've been over seth jones we've been over mark andre Fleury. i don't know how much we've touched on tyler johnson or how much we've talked on jake mccabe whom i like a lot as a pair with connor murphy But your thoughts on Chicago, to me, they're one of the teams that I just, I have no idea how they're going to do. They could, I don't know, win the division, but they could tuck themselves into a playoff spot early. And I'd say, yep, Stan Bowman made the right moves, or they could flame out. And I could say, yep, you could see this coming a mile away. How do you feel about the Hawks? I don't know. I I think Fleury is going to have a massive year. Kane's going to have a huge year. I'm really curious to see about Taves. Mm-hmm. And what exactly you know we get from him this year? What's he going to look like? You know they just signed Eric Gustafson. They're they're bringing him back. They got a lot of defensemen there. Yes, they do. Uh, I'm hearing some stuff about the potential of maybe Dylan Strome moving. The whole situation off ice with the investigation. It's also still over these guys, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if it affects the players right now. I, I, I think it probably doesn't. But it's still something that the organization at some point in time is going to have to deal with the results of this. I'm curious to see like, what's going to be said. What's the impact going to be? What's the outcome going to be? That's still there. You know, Henrik Borgstrom, they took a chance on him. They took Brett Connolly's salary which is now being buried in the minors, 3-5 this year and next, that's a big gamble. You have to hope that Borgstrom pans out for you. Like I think their top players that they depend on, the Keynes, the Fleury's, the Joneses, they're going to have big years. I think the Brinkat will be better. I'm curious about Taves. It's what's underneath those guys I think we're all kind of wondering about. I think, if anything, Debrinkat has a big year. There, there are a few releases in the NHL better than Alex Dabrinkit. That, that guy to me around the net is money. Colorado, uh, they lose Saad. Uh, they lose Grubauer. Darcy Kemper, now the starting goaltender for your Colorado Avalanche. Uh, the D is good. The D moves the puck, and we all know about the big boys up front. Mm-hmm. 
What are your thoughts on, on Colorado and have they gotten better or have they taken a step back to the pack? No, I, I think they're still really good. I had to make my predictions and my I picked them to win the Stanley Cup and I said I'm going to keep picking them until they win it. <laughs> I like them. I just think that they're a team that has so much talent and you always bet on talent. You always bet on talent. I'm curious about Kemper, if he can stay healthy. I think he's an enormous add to those guys. I really like their team, and I think they're going to be fine. And like listening to McCarr and and, and uh, McKinnon talk to us about losing that series and what they learned from it, I liked it. I, I still think this team has a lot of room to grow. They're not done, and they're elite talent. I think it's going to sign there for a long time. Dallas. Um, they add Ryan Suter. Um, Yanni Hockenpah comes in as well. The line that really found some magic last year, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hins, and Joe Pavelski. Uh, I see no reason why that can't continue to be a, a line that does damage. I know big things are expected um, from players like Denis Gurianov, who didn't have the best possible season last year. We've talked a lot about the goaltending situation and how that plays itself out between Hudobin and Holtby and Ottinger and Ben Bishop. Uh, how do you see the Dallas Stars this season? I think they're deep. I think they have a lot of players. Like to me, the thing with Dallas is they look to me like a team and they, they kind of went through it with Pavelski and Perry and they still got a couple other guys like that who, you know, are a little bit older and you can't always depend on them to bring the most in the regular season. So if your rest of your group gets them into the playoffs, you look at them and say, oh, I, I want no part of this. Yeah. I think they got a lot of players. Like, Suter to me, he's 36 years old, but he's still a really fluid player who can play not as many minutes as he used to play, but enough. I think they're going to be fine. I think no one's going to want to see them in the postseason. If their goaltending heads up, I think they're a, what passes in this division is a reasonably comfortable playoff team. Again, how much are they going to score? Like Tyler Sagan to me is can can he just get one healthy season where he can mm -hmm. you know breathe a little bit? That's something I want to see too. But there's a there's a lot I like about this team. I just think they have a lot of good players. I think they're really deep. Minnesota, it's a really exciting team, and it's not just Kaprizov. That top line with Joel Eriksson and Matt Zuccarello looks pretty dynamic. Um, they're out suitor, as we just mentioned, but you know, Dumba, Spurgeon, Brodeen, uh, still very much there. They bring in Alex Goligoski, Cam Talbot, Capo Kakinen, uh, still an excellent tandem in net as well. An interesting training camp. Boldy gets injured. That's tough. That sucked. Rossi sent to, uh, AHL Iowa. I love the Adam Beckman story. Uh, he got sent down to the American Hockey League, but not before turning heads. And it was a fun story to follow. Give us your thoughts on the Minnesota Wild, Fridge. Look, I was curious to see how this team would react. Like their GM made the most stunning offseason move of any GM in the league. Sure did. And you're sitting there and you're looking, okay, like how does this team react when they get back? And I don't think they look shell-shocked or anything like that. I think they're fine. So that says to me that this team is going to be okay. I'll tell you something else, too, that really impressed me about Kaprizov. And I thought about it later. Like, So Kaprizov comes back and, and he says, okay, I'm in Florida. Come meet me here. And they hammer out the deal. And Garen's like, okay, 
you know, we got to figure out how to get you vaccinated. He's like, no, I came back here to make sure I was in the right position to be vaccinated and that's taken care of. Like to me, that's a guy who has his heart in the right place. Like he went and he took care of all of those things. So then when he got done, it was in the best possible position to be ready to start the season for as late as his contract talks with. I just like that. Like, I think when, when your franchise player and he's their franchise player is wired that way, I think it rubs off on everybody else because he's signing these in mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, he's taking care of everything he needs to take care of on his own initiative. I like this team too. Like, you know, the one thing, the difference for them this year is they're not going to surprise everybody, anybody this year. Last year, they surprised people and he surprised people. This year, that's not happening. Everybody knows who they are and they're getting everybody's good game. So how do they handle that? And the other guy who I really think this year will be big for is Dumba because there's no more rumors. He's a wild. Now watch, Garen will go trade him tomorrow just to fool it with and screw with all our minds. <laughs> but I wonder how it's going to be for him. He doesn't have to worry about this stuff anymore. Yeah. Just play. Just play. Just go and play. The Nashville Predators. We are at that point part of the program now where we're talking about Nashville and this is life without Pecorine who has called their career life without Ryan Ellis uh, who moves along mm-hmm. but life with some new faces whether it's Glass, Myers, Tolvanen, Tomasino. I mentioned earlier that David Poyle is now talking about competitive rebuilds which will be the next buzz term that hits the uh, the NHL. Give us your mm-hmm. thoughts on on this Nashville squad that is Probably at the beginning, the beginning parts, whether it's with Tolvin and whether it's with Tomasino, the begin. We'll see what happens, you know, when Yaroslav Askarov finally, you know, uh, starts playing with the uh, the Nashville Predators. This is the be- the beginning of another version of the Nashville Predators. I just wonder about two things that'll tell us, I think, a lot about which direction this organization is headed for each. And there are two contracts: one Forsberg, one Ekholm. What say you? I want to get to them in a second. I think that's really interesting is that they have played Forsberg, Duchesne, and Johansson all together in the preseason. To me, that's really fascinating because that is Nashville saying we're Hmm. coming out, we're putting our our top three offensive forwards together, and we're making a a power line out of that. Hmm. That, to me, is a statement. Now, whether that lasts or not, Coaches are like, oh, we got to spread it out. And John Hines is like, no, forget that. We're going with this. I like that. I think it sets a tone. I'm with you this. No talks at all on Forsberg. That's really fascinating to me. And Ekholm, the thing about Ekholm is Ekholm was a bargoon last time around. And he said, you know, I don't care. I don't need more money. Now... I think everybody realizes he's not a $9 million guy like Nurse because his counting stats aren't that high. But he's still a really good, really talented player. And I think they're battling to find where that sweet spot is. And I think they get that one done. I really do. Sometimes they say, okay, we're not going to talk once the season starts. I've heard that before. Sometimes it's true, but sometimes it's a smokescreen. I think at the end of the day, if you've got a player who wants to stay and a team that wants to keep them, 
you find a way. And I think that's the case with Ekholm. If they really wanted to get rid of Ekholm, they could have done it last year. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, they might have, but they started winning. I think they reached a point where they were like, if we have to move one of the two of them, maybe we want to keep Ekholm instead of Ellis. And it just, it was a choice of one over the other. It's not to demean anybody. You know, the Forsberg thing to me is interesting. You know, Forsberg sent out that thumbs down when Arvidsson got traded. You know, I wonder what everybody's thinking here that, you know, they said there's been no talks going on. So I'm very curious about this, about what this is all going to mean. I still think there's time. We've talked about how there's some situations like Morgan Riley in Toronto where you can punt it at the to the later in the season. But to me, them putting Duchesne, Johansson, Forsberg, that's a tone setter for the start of their season. I like that. I'm curious to see if the team kind of grows and feeds on that. I should mention, Jeff, that like those three did play together in the playoffs last year because of injuries. But I think it's one thing to do that in the playoffs, and now you start the year with it. I should say that. Mm-hmm. So Nashville fans aren't looking at me like, you're nuts. I should say that. <laughs> you are nuts, but for, for a bunch of different reasons. Yes. Let's get, to the, uh, let's get to the St. Louis Blues. We'll get to the Winnipeg Jets and finish this up here in a couple of moments. St. Louis Blues, uh, they bring in Brandon Saad. Uh, they tried to say goodbye to Vladimir Tarasenko, but he's still on the, uh, on the roster. James Neal uh, came in on a PTO. He earned himself a contract as well. Where are you at on the St. Louis Blues? Oh, by the way, Bozak left and then came back mm-hmm. to the team. Uh, your thoughts on where St. Louis is at right now? Well, I really liked the Butchnevich deal. I, I, I liked him as a player. You know, Jake Neighbors had a big preseason. I think the Blues need to find new blood. Like, that's that's one of the things I'm I'm looking at here. Like, Rob Thomas, I look at him and I see a guy, they have to find him a way to play more. I think Craig Berube is very loyal to the players who won the Stanley Cup with him. I do get that. I I really understand that. But I also think at some point in time, you've got to say, okay, we've got to nudge some other things up the lineup. Like to me, I'm looking at Thomas and I'm looking at Cairo and I'm saying it's time. Like they have to be given more responsibility. And part of me makes me wonder is if, okay, do the Blues take a bit of a step back this year? Because they say we have to commit to that. Like to me, this is a team. They're in a little bit of an identity crisis. They've kind of lost a bit of their identity that won the cup. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to rebuild a new one. And, you know, I'm curious to see what that all means. See, it's tough if you're Robert Thomas. And you know how I I feel about this player. You're you're Robert Thomas. Like you you look ahead and you see Braden Shannon, Ryan O'Reilly. Those are your those are your two centers that are that are ahead of you. It's tough for Robert Thomas to to get into those spots, but I'm with you. Like it's it's amazing what happens when you start to, you know, elevate players like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, who are now, you know, in their what, 22, 23, 24 years. So like now this is the sweet spot of the bat for those guys. Like give these guys a chance and they will excel. And, and on the back end too, I think they need an infusion. I don't know that they've gotten over losing Alex Petrangelo. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Yep. Like that guy was their captain. That guy was their leader. That guy was their top defenseman, one of the best defensemen in the game, all of it. 
And you can kind of patchwork and say, well, this guy does a little bit of what Petrangelo did, and that guy does some of what Petrangelo did, and we'll replace some of the offense with Krug, and it's still not Alex Petrangelo. I always wonder, like, when you're a player, like, they all understand that it's a business, but when you see someone like that walk out the door, what's the effect on all those guys? Well, I think you could have a year where you can say, this is rocked us. But now I, now I think you have to move on. You have to say, okay, you know, we're resetting and he's gone and, and we have to find another way. I don't think going into year two of this, you can say that's still an excuse. You just have to move on. I just think it's new blood time. And I think a lot of that new blood comes up front. Last team. And I like this team a lot. I do too. I like Winnipeg a ton. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is looking healthy, playing healthy, feeling healthy, sounding healthy. That goes a long way to curing some of the ales up front. I like what they did with the blue line. Um, and they still have Connor Hellebuck, who's one of the best goaltenders in the world. Uh, I like the coach, Paul Maurice. I, I like a whole lot of the Winnipeg Jets. What say you? You know, one thing I like about the Jets right now is it's quiet. Like last couple of years, look at some of the things that happened. You had Bufflin a couple of years ago. You know, the year before you had a lot of talk about Wheeler's leadership, right? Jacob Truba situation. And Jacob Truba, and and Wheeler threw himself on the fire, right? Yep. He sacrificed. He said, yep, this is me and I have to be better. This summer was a quiet offseason for the Jets. They made a couple of really nice moves. I loved bringing in Schmidt. I like bringing in Dylan. I think those are both going to be good fits for the team. You know, the cop situation, I think Winnipeg handled it right. They just said, you know what? This is our rental, and we'll see how it plays out. They just needed an offseason that didn't have a tidal wave in it, and, and I felt that this was they're off season. I thought they had a really nice, quiet, like nobody's talking about them. It's great. Nobody's talking about them. And I think they needed that. I, I really think they needed that. Uh, they did. Uh, okay, we'll wrap on that. Final thought, Frage, before we drop the puck on Tuesday. First game, Pittsburgh Penguins defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Sorry, Carolyn Cameron, I'm grabbing win number one. <laughs> In season Stanley Cup. That's right. I, I'm really excited for this year. I really am. I mean, uh, it's an 82-game season, knock on wood. It's close to the regular schedule, knock on wood. Uh, Seattle, I think, is is a huge addition to the league in a lot of different ways. Uh, I, I'm really excited for this year. And let's all get ourselves some Stanley Cup habits, like Elliot Friedman as well. Yeah, that, that doesn't bother me. I know that's going to disappoint you, but it really doesn't bother me. At some point, you're going to stop saying it doesn't bother me, and you're just going to tell me to off that's what's gonna happen okay don't forget the email 32 thoughts at sportsnet.ca please feel free to leave your comments leave your questions leave your quotes um leave your takes all of it and we'll do our best to get it on the air here taking us out a six-piece band based out of gothenburg sweden the magnolia recorded a number of tracks from 2009 to 2013 which found their way to their 2015 debut record first time With a mix of old soul, blues, and rock and roll, the band went on to win the best band at the 2014 Scandinavian Soul Music Awards. From their debut record, here's The Magnolia with Stormy Weather on 32 Thoughts, the podcast. I need you 
just like water Like them planes Depend on that rain I need you My sweet little woman And all my loving babble May ever fade Panic, manic Troubles my babe Stay 